0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about everything that's going inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema. My name is Nick Aldering. I am the Programming and Media co- Coordinator at the Michigan State Theater, and I am joined by two guests who also work for the Michigan State Theater. Please introduce
1: yourself and tell us what you do. Hi, my name is Tyler Walzak. I'm a house manager at both the Michigan and State Theater.
2: Hello, my name is Mackenzie Peacock, and I am the conference manager for the Art House Convergence.
0: Thank you both for being here. Uh, we are recording in the downtown Ann Arbor District Library, and we are going to talk about the Sundance Film Festival. All three of us attended the Sundance Film Festival in different uh, in different capacities, I guess. Um, so let's just talk. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about that first. I think there is, at least when you talk, Sundance is is this uh, high profile thing. You know, a lot of big movies premiere there. Uh, people think that. Uh, we're walking around and we're hanging out celebrities, the, yeah, the whole time, which is not getting a true.
2: beer with Robert Redford. I I,
0: I, I think Tyler is probably the close closest one who had that experience, probably because uh, you
1: were you were working you were volunteering
0: at the Sundance. Oh Festival. yeah, I thought
1: you were referring to when I almost bumped into Tessa Thompson in that incredible <laughs> red fur coat. Um, but yeah, I mean actually at the venue I was at, we most I had a lot of directors coming in, but yeah. not actors so much. So, but I did see um, think-
2: I did see Werner Herzog in here. Oh, that's right. Which, that's right. Yeah. Which is very funny. He was that's... just hanging out in the lobby. Well, you yeah. heard him too, right? So yeah, like, that was, yeah, that's I sad. saw him walk in and I was like, that guy looks exactly <laughs> like Werner Herzog. And then he like saw someone he recognized around the room and he was like, oh, hello. And like, he did like everything really back, you know? And I was like, okay, that's Werner Herzog for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shia
2: LaBeouf was just, that didn't sound important. He was spotted in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. I, I, saw,
0: I saw Reggie Watts in a grocery store as well. Nice. And uh, I, I walked past Stephen Merchant walking down the street. But that's really it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just said that we don't really see celebrities. But, I mean, we, we there are a few spottings. Did this is get, over, like, two weeks for each other, yeah, yeah, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so who did, so explain to me, explain, I guess, a little bit what what you were doing there, Tyler.
1: Sure. So I was actually volunteering through uh, Sundance. So I was uh, at the Park Avenue Theater, which Mm -hmm. is one of the other venues there. And I was essentially, uh, my role there was, I was in charge of all the volunteers on the site Mm -hmm. uh, every night from about 7.30 PM to 2.30 AM. Okay. Uh, So that was my role through the uh, whole festival, but I also essentially had a pass to go see movies uh, for, for anything playing, so that's what I did every day, uh, and I ended up seeing about 16 total, so that was pretty oh, much wow. my time okay. there. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So you, you said, were you interacting with the di- director's
1: directly so a a little bit uh so there there was uh, the theater manager with at the theater she was actually the one who primarily would be in charge of collecting talent or some ants would send people who that was her job was really to just be talent wranglers Mm -hmm. so i maybe said hi to directors and then help direct them to the green room or different places Mm -hmm. Uh, but really i was helping with the volunteers and theater load in and the line load in and uh more organizational stuff like that so a lot uh, of
2: what you do here at michigan and state yeah yeah,
1: (laughs) very 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 close to that yeah
0: So Mackenzie, uh, me and you, we were really just, uh, we were hiding away in the press and industry screenings, and it's it's really it's like a five-minute bus ride for us to get to Main Street, where I guess the real hubbub happens for Sundance. So so basically, we were at what was called the Holiday Theater, and there's four screens inside there, and we would walk into one, come out, maybe get a quick bite to eat, and then just quickly walk back into the theater once again. And yeah. that's really it for And us. that's really
2: one, of, it's one of the only venues um, during the Sundance Film Festival that's actually a um, movie theater yeah. regularly. Like mm-hmm. the theater that Tyler's in um, is like a giant hotel ballroom that mm-hmm. they turn into. Yeah, they, they put they, high like, risers. Yeah, stadium seating. I mean, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It looks like a theater, but it, it's, you know, right. you're in a hotel ballroom. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the Holiday Village is kind of like if you took Quality 16 and just... Uh, shrunk it down to a quarter of its size mm-hmm. that's kind of what the holiday village is um which I kind of love because you're just in the same theaters mm-hmm. over and over again and you see the same people and you start yeah. to get to know the same industry people so we're in screenings with um programmers the people who are buying the movies who are going to be distributing them mm-hmm. um, they're at the United States most of the time uh there are some critics in our um th- theaters a lot of times the critics do try to see it um in the public screenings because then they'll have the talent on stage. And then you also can kind of get a feel of how the public um, usually has a different um, interaction with movie than a lot of the industry people. Sometimes industry people can be kind of jaded. A lot of people walk in and out of movies Mm -hmm. um, because if they're there to buy movies uh, to distribute and they know 20 minutes into a movie that that's, it's not for them, they walk out. They're not there because they want to see the movie. They're there because it's their job to see that movie. So it's a lot more people coming in and out, um, mm-hmm. more relaxed. A lot of times, the back mm-hmm. row, you'll see people on their phones, or I've even yeah. seen laptops. At Toronto, but there'll yeah. be like a row of people that just have their laptops, who are half watching movies. Yeah. Um. So it's a, there's no talent. Uh. There's no pre-show beforehand. They really just get in. Say, it. hey, you're here for this movie. This movie has a runtime of 88 minutes. Please silence your phones. And enjoy. And then the movie plays, movie ends. You go back outside. You get in the same line. Mm -hmm. You come back in 20 minutes later and watch the next movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were able to watch five or six movies a day pretty easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I saw 31 in completion. Uh, How many did you see?
2: I saw 30, which I'm a little bummed about because 31 (laughs) has been what I've done the last uh, (laughs) – in previous years. Uh And I really wanted to beat my own record. Not because I didn't beat you. I wanted to beat my own record. I was really pushing (laughs) for 32. Um, But, yeah, there was one night where I just – The first night we got there, I had just my job running the conference, which I know we've talked about before in previous Mm -hmm. episodes. If you guys want to look into that, our Mm -hmm. mega conference of every art house theater in North America, Um, Mm -hmm. I was a little dead. So I got some Chinese food. Um, Mm -hmm. My Airbnb had a hot tub outside (laughs) with a view of the mountain. And my host encouraged me to bring a bottle of wine to the hot tub. And I said, you know what? Perfect. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, and uh, Sundance is exhausting itself as, yeah. as well. Like it, it, it is, it is. It sounds like you know. I mean, of course. I mean, there are obviously there are, there are worse things to do for your job. Oh, I love it. But but it, 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 but it is uh, seeing five or six movies a day for seven days is well very exhausting and
2: emotionally. I think it's really interesting. You don't realize until you're doing it how. You really have to have your emotions in check when you're watching six movies in a day. For mm-hmm. how you know you're going to be thrown around from a lot of different genres, yeah. Um, and you want to sit there and process a movie, but then sometimes you're. I've run to theaters, you know, or I've walked out and then I run into, like, I'll get out of a kids movie that yeah. was two hours long, and then mm-hmm. I'm running for five minutes to get into a documentary about Palestine, like that. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and, you know what I mean. And like, you have to be able to, yeah, juggle all of that mm-hmm. and like fully give yourself over to the new movie, and then. Mm-hmm. S- And then, you know, process your thoughts, write them down, and then run to something else. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, emotionally exhausting, too. For the most part, we're just sitting there in Mm -hmm. a chair. It's not like it's physically (laughs) (laughs) daunting. But, yeah.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about the favorite things that we saw at Sundance. Let's start with you, Tyler. I'm really curious because uh, I don't. Th- I've, I've talked with Mackenzie quite a bit about the sure, stuff we've sure. seen, but I didn't. I haven't quite heard from you uh, from you yet. So, what was something that really stood out to you that, that you saw?
1: Um, yeah, I'll start with. Um, so this isn't one I would call my my favorite that I saw, but it is really up there, and it's the first one that came to mind. So I'm going to start with it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called This Is Not Berlin. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It is a drama from Mexico, uh, in set in the '80s, set in Mexico City. Um, it's essentially like a queer coming of age film um, and it's about these two best friends one of whom is kind of in the closet one of whom is not but they both uh, become entrenched in this scene in this very interesting kind of like queer nightclub Uh, did you see it too Mackenzie? I did not. Oh okay sorry I thought you did Um, but it's Got this uh, incredible soundtrack. It is just so, like, vibrantly made. And it has so many... Uh, it becomes really about, like, kind of activism, too, political activism, how that how that's tied in with uh, the queer experience, especially in the 80s, if you're at all kind of plugged into what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't go like overboard with that stuff, or I guess I should say with kind of like the HIV angle of it, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, But it is just really, really beautifully made and told and uh, similar to uh, 120 Beats Per Minute, a French film from a year or two ago. That was one of my favorites. Um, I just loved seeing the kind of queer experience of a different of A really important time period, I should say, explored from a uh, country and viewpoint we don't normally see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's So I think it's a really important movie, but in addition to being important, it is hugely entertaining and funny and crazy and bold. Uh, so all the kind of stuff that makes you actually enjoy a film watching it too, mm-hmm. in addition to why it's important. Sounds so. like something
2: we should get for Cinetopia.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So say, that was amazing.
0: You, you say it was it was a documentary? No, no, no. no, no it's, okay, it's a sorry. narrative movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. The uh, I can look up the director's name. It's not his yeah. first movie, but all the actors were pretty, um, if not unknown, pretty pretty early. Mm-hmm. There weren't any. Um, mm-hmm yeah established people really
2: well and you and I saw them hanging out in the lobby of uh, a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the hotel yeah, the cute yeah, boys yeah. from the movie mm. <laughs> yeah
1: I got too shy to say hi but they were very <laughs> cute
0: uh, Mackenzie, what was something that this does?
2: Yeah, when you said, should I just, should I just do one? Because when you said your favorite, I had two titles come to mind. Okay. Um, And that was um one, which I know I don't want to steal from Tyler, but I know Tyler and I no, no, discussed it. it. Yeah. Um, it's just both of our favorites, uh, which was The Souvenir,
1: uh-huh.
2: um, yes. which is a movie also set in 1980, um, like 1980, ending in zero, oh. not like the decade, but it's oh. like <laughs> um, uh, 1980 England. So the days of Margaret Thatcher. Okay. Um and it's a story about a young uh film student who falls in love um and it's a story of her first love um and the movie is very deftly handled as a film about loving an addict okay um and it um uh stars, which I did not know until after the movie actually um Tilda Swinton is in the movie as the um, lead's mother yeah. and the actress is actually the character is played by Tilda Swinton's real life daughter,
1: oh. um, which I
2: did not know. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel silly watching now looking at it. I'm like, mm. oh, my God, of course, that's Tilda Swinton's daughter. She looks <laughs> incredibly like her. I was like, yeah. man, that's such good casting, um, which is the same thing that happened to me with the wife with Glenn Close nominated for mm. Best Actress. That's young Glenn Close, and that movie's played by Glenn Close's daughter. Oh, and I so was I like, didn't, man, didn't even see the, the oh way that it. woman holds herself, everything about, <laughs> she's like, she's incredible. And then I was like, oh, that's her actual daughter. Um, but anyways, I, I thought The Souvenir was so, it avoided so many cliches about um, drug use, and heroin in 1980. Yeah. Um, it avoids so many cliches, and it's so heartbreaking and gorgeously shot um, and, like, very subtle. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's incredibly and...
1: subtle. Um, and, and the way it's made, it's very fluid. Like, yeah. it kind of avoids a typical 3X structure in a really interesting way and really sneaks up on you. Like, you, you, it's one of those movies where you realize what it's about very gradually. Yeah. But not in, like, a sloppy, unfocused way. Absolutely. An incredibly focused way. Um, it kind of just reads like a bunch of memories sewn together. Very, yeah. like... I'm like moving my shoulders, which I guess you can't see. But like that just means that like the, the fluid nature of the movie is really what gets this very special tone across, I think. Yeah, yeah I almost feel um, like maybe
2: I said too much. Like should we cut that out? No, I mean I guess on. I the,
1: the the drug reveal thing, I I hadn't I didn't know anything about the film going in. So yeah, me and it doesn't either. come until maybe like 20, 30, at least maybe thirty 20? minutes in. Yeah. Like it so it's less of a reveal, but even the way that's told yeah, is very absolutely. it's kind of a gut punch and a very not a typical gut punchy way mm-hmm. yeah uh, and just and that's that explains a lot of the movie to me yeah um, and I don't want to like bring up a Star is born like every time I come here, but <laughs> it was similar to that, but like a less flashy version, but mm-hmm. I thought uh, oh. those are along with sharp objects uh, the HBO series from last year. those are three uh, recent examples of just incredibly incredible uh, depictions of addiction and addicts and yeah. Uh, kind of like having endless amounts of empathy, but they're not letting these people off the hook. And they're yeah, really, absolutely. yeah, they're really just getting into what it means to be an addict and then the people who care for them too. And uh, I just found them all so moving in different ways. And this is such a good example because it, yeah, it took a guy that on the surface you maybe are like, well, like what? Yeah, what? so nice. Oh my God. Yeah, uh, but you, you do really feel for him. And absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was a, a beautiful
2: story. I did get, I did, I did talk to him, the lead, when I was getting, um, some pad thai one night. He was waiting for his takeout, I believe. <laughs> and I was like, You're really good in souvenir. Because I was like, he's he's very much not a big name actor. I normally okay. wouldn't approach people. Yeah. But this it was like his first feature that I've ever seen him in. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, by the way, you're great in the souvenir. And he was like, Oh my god, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so he's did, like, yeah, I he's like a sweetie.
1: He's like not a sweetie in the movie. He's very much not a sweetie in the movie.
2: He is a he is a a troubled man <laughs> in the movie. Um but I loved that movie. Um and my other favorite was um probably Honey Boy. Um, uh-huh. I'm a big Shia apologist, I love Shia LaBeouf. This is the movie that Shia LaBeouf um, wrote in as a rehab exercise oh, yeah. um, when he was in rehab um, in real life. He wrote this movie that addresses his relationship as a kid with his father um, and as his father as a stage parent um, when Shia was on the Disney Channel yeah, um, and it messes around with the timeline a little bit like the film takes place in 95 but I know like even Stevens didn't start until the early 2000s <laughs> you know there's things and it, yeah. obviously, the character is not named Shia no yeah um, the character's name is Otis I think Otis. so it's not explicitly about like oh this is a movie about Shia LaBeouf but um, it, it is it's about Shia's childhood um, and what's really interesting about it is that Shia himself actually plays the character of his own father yeah and um, And it's it's intense. It's really like these lines and the the things he does as his father. I'm like, man, this is it's brutal, but it's so beautiful. Um, And Lucas Hedges, uh, who has been a staple over at the State Theater recently, (laughs) even though we didn't play uh, Ben is back, but with Boyer Uh, with uh, Boyer race last year, or if you saw Manchester by the Sea, Mm -hmm. um, he's been Lady Bird, yeah, Lady Bird, yeah, yeah, he's been. He's been around yeah. our theaters. If you've seen anything yeah, yeah. That we've been playing lately, um, Lucas Hedges plays plays grown adult Shia.
0: Sh- yeah, the the, the, the Shia at, at his peak Shia. Yeah, he's like current Shia. Or, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, actually,
2: he's like 2000s to current yeah, Shia. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He was like Shyla Shia when he's in Transformers. Yeah, the opening yeah, shot Yeah, the of very him be... opening shot is him <laughs> basically in a scene from Transformers. Yeah, <gasps> even though they never explicitly
2: say that. It's him going, no, 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 no. And you're yeah. like, okay, that's totally Transformers, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, but anyways, I was so blown away by Lucas Edges, um, which I mean, that's, so, that's such a dumb thing to say at this point because uh-huh. he's been so incredible in everything he's done, but... but... But this character, I mean, he's like the do it, Shia. Like the angry, like buff, shaved head, Mm -hmm. violent, aggressive. You don't know what he's going to do next, Shia. Mm -hmm. He does that so well. And I feel like every other role we've seen him in, he's been this like very tender hearted boy. And not, not to say that Shia isn't. But that's this like brutal, yeah, very, aggressive, like, soft spoken, kind of yeah. repressed guys. of Shia. Yeah. Like every, like you could close your eyes and it, it felt like Shia LaBeouf was mm-hmm. talking. Like he was incredible. Um, but,
0: yeah, there's a moment where he describes his on, on screen where he's he, he's talking to a therapist and he says he's an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Yeah. And I've never quite seen uh, that. That, that kind of just like completely switched my brain to what Shia LaBeouf actually is. Yeah. Like I actually saw, oh, man. immediately saw Shia LaBeouf in a different light.
2: I, I just, I adore Shia LaBeouf. I mm-hmm. think he's. Wonderful, and I'm really excited for us to play this movie. Yes, um, I think it's something I hopefully will just play as a regular first think, run yeah. feature, um, not mm-hmm. at Tenetopia, so you'll have plenty of opportunity to see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, does that have a distributor off the top? Yes. Of my It does. Uh, it's Amazon? Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this movie. I I don't know what the release is, but that's. I feel like that's going to be a sometime next fall. I feel like that's going to be like his Oscar, his Oscar yeah. run. Um, and
2: I think you could get it. I think the writing was incredible, and I think mm-hmm. his performance. Um, was mm-hmm. someone who loves Shia LaBeouf, and yeah. I thought he should have been in award contention for like mm-hmm. American Honey. Um, yeah, American yeah. Honey Boy, as we've been <laughs> calling this one. Um, he's our American Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I I love it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites. I saw uh, a documentary called Hail Satan. Yes. And this was yeah. You uh, yeah. I know that uh, that you saw. The, yes, th- I did. The, 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 this was a movie that I was I was really excited to see it, and then I got in line. Uh, and then I saw you were in line, Russ was in line, <laughs> uh, your uh, Allison. Who's My coworker. The, yeah, yeah <laughs> Allison was in line. I was like, I don't need to see this one. Everyone's in line. So I went and saw another one, and I regretted that mistake. And then eventually they added a, uh, they added a special screening of this one, so I was able to see it. And, no, it was – it was I, I, I came across uh, – it was oddly patriotic.
2: Yeah. Well, so the, the, yeah.
0: The, this is a documentary about uh, – so it's Hail Satan, question mark. Um it's about the the Satanic Church, and not necessarily really about their their beliefs or how they practice their religion, but it, it was more about uh, them as an as. A,
2: a, I think like why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah,
0: why? Because a, a, a lot of their a lot of their movement is really just as to contend with. Christianity or 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 organized religion in general. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the film focuses on uh, uh this the statue of the Ten Commandments that was going up I believe in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. They on, were going to put it
2: on the Capitol grounds. on their state capitol mm-hmm. so
0: really just kind of in, a, as a way to troll them.
2: Yeah, they, they said built... they were yeah, trying to seek to show the hypocrisy yeah. in so much of American culture that yeah. we're this country built on you know, mm-hmm. a freedom of religion, uh freedom of practice and um Opposing viewpoints being the the basis of our foundation, of our country's foundation mm-hmm. and then how and then how it's suddenly okay to put mm-hmm. the 10 commandments on a piece of state property.
0: So yeah, so they go through this whole thing where they build their own statue of I don't remember what the monument's name is. It's 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 the the devil goat that you see the often. Bee. Yeah, Yeah, it starts with the B. I I I don't remember what it's actually called. And it
2: has like two ador- adoring children <laughs> like <laughs> looking up.
0: <laughs> so it's really just kind of a way to to troll Christianity to to troll the Christians that they want to put the statue next to the 10 commandments and then of course people are in uproar about it and then yeah it creates exactly what you said it creates the argument why can't why do we have to represent our capital with this one statue while we can't have any opposing viewpoints yeah i think
2: they kind of see it as their civic duty um yeah. it's not like um they're very um yeah civically minded people who yeah. um they have like after school programs for kids where they you know read and they yeah. <laughs> discuss literature. You know, it's not like, hail Satan, we're going to mm-hmm. sacrifice no, a Satanists baby. they are like, they're yeah. chill. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. very chill. <laughs> they're, they want... Um, they see Satan as a symbol of reason. They think yeah, uh, with yeah. the Garden of Eden, um, with Satan offering Eve an apple of knowledge. It's like, like why no. why, why does Christianity tell us that's a bad thing, <laughs> that Eve wants to have knowledge? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. which is viewed as like, you know, the original ultimate sin. Yeah. And they're kind of like, well, I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, well, I like <laughs> that you said civically f- minded because yeah. I, I
1: didn't see the film, but... Just kind of being online the last few years, that's like one of those things I've noticed that, oh, no, it's like a very, yeah. just like a real group of kind of politically minded people. But they're truly like their hearts and minds are totally in the I right like, place.
2: One guy says he's like, atheism just wasn't enough for me. And he wanted that <laughs> sense of community and like the theatrics and the yeah, dramatics yeah, yeah, that yeah. come along with going mm-hmm. to church. You know, you have mm-hmm. guys in robes with candles and like, oh, like sing, you yeah, know, you have all yeah, these yeah, like. Yeah. This sense the ritual. Her- yeah, this sense of yeah, the sense of ritual, yeah. and they just wanted that around their own belief. So they're yeah. like, yeah, whatever, cool. Hey, Satan. They see yeah. Satan as a symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, of the, the, knowledge. The,
0: the, yeah, the, most of them don't actually believe in a Satan. They just believe in in the idea, or just believe in their movement, I guess.
2: And Detroit features very heavily in the yes, film. Yes, <laughs> and that was what I was, that was,
0: the, that was what I was going to bring up because the uh, yeah the the, the Detroit uh, Satanic Temple is heavily featured in the film. And there's some controversy along yeah. along along with that church and then it's I, I don't I don't really want to start if they take I, it a bit farther yeah, than the other. Yeah, they did they, they they got pretty <laughs> intense the way Detroiters usually do. <laughs> <laughs> um but yes, it was a very, a very fascinating documentary and like I said, it was to me I to me I walked out feeling patriotic. A feeling that oh. I don't a feeling that I don't feel often. Yeah. But uh and it was a feeling I wasn't expecting to get from that documentary. Yeah, you were like hail <laughs> Satan. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. I'm o a, a lot of people walking out were like, I think I'm a Satanist. Like yeah. I just think that they're like talking <laughs> in the lobby.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh Tyler, uh, what else what else did you see? Um Sure. One of my other favorites uh was one called Paradise Hills. Yeah. Um a movie I noticed was somewhat polarizing mm-hmm. among audiences there, um which usually to me is a, a good sign. Uh but it was a heavily, heavily stylistic movie about uh Emma Roberts plays this girl who wakes up on this uh, secluded desert island, but very much like a fantasy island type island, yeah. uh, where she's is essentially in this boarding school that like reforms girls who and women who are um, like, I don't know, acting out in any sort of way that kind of society might deem unacceptable. Um, and it's, it really kind of plays into this heightened uh, fantasy world where you can have mm-hmm. uh, women there for a lot of reasons, but the... Um, it, it's, I wish I could get across how just kind of bold this movie is. The costumes are just incredible. Uh, and it's, you have Emma Roberts, Aquafina. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the woman's name. Danielle. Danielle McDonald.
2: McDon- uh, yeah, Danielle McDonald yeah. from Dumplin' yes. and And uh, my
1: personal favorite, Isa Gonzalez from uh, Baby Driver last year. Yeah. Um, we're kind of the central quartet um, trying to get off this island and – just get back to their normal lives so it was this great kind of you know parable of you know women fighting for their own freedom and for themselves and self discovery um, but very much a coming of age tale too Um, and one of the things that stuck with me was that before the film I went to a public screening of this one the director uh, who was a woman maybe in her early 30s from Spain said I grew up just obsessed with fantasy and sci-fi stories Mm -hmm. but I never saw the representation that I wanted for myself as a woman in these stories or representation that felt good to me. Yeah. Uh, she said, this is my way of making corrections to that. Okay. Uh, and that spirit is just so what this movie is, um, is kind of giving voice, but it's so fun too. It's yeah. just like, it's so, super kitschy and a great time. It is so time. kitschy. Yeah. yeah. But it knows, exa- and I think that's what a lot of people are turned off by. Yeah. Um, it's It totally knows exactly what it is. And people might just be like, oh, it's corny or stupid, I... but it is so, it is very like pitch perfect and tonally, it's on this kind tight of tightrope of, being too much but it i i thought it was just that's
2: what i was fascinated because i loved it too mm-hmm. um and everyone i heard disparage it was like a straight white guy in his 20s or 30s yeah, who was yeah. like that movie was dumb same and, and, and i wanted they to be like this was for like, you yeah. this <laughs> wasn't for <laughs> yeah. you you have everything um <laughs> like i wanted to yell that at them but i didn't because we were lying but i did laugh because i know nick you told me that someone said it was like the worst thing they had seen since yeah. Moulin Rouge, and i yeah. was like okay well that yep. explains a lot <laughs> <Very> telling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. about who's hating on this movie <laughs> yep, 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 yep this like very like femme sci-fi and yeah, I, I mean, yeah it, I, hyper femme visuals hype, yeah. yeah and it's got this it actually made me dye my hair pink <laughs> emma roberts has pink hair in the movie um I, like, I bleached my head as soon as i got back yeah. so that i can put pink on top of it
0: <laughs> i was gonna say I, I'm, I'm i'm colorblind but i'm looking at your hair no like, my hair is blonde <laughs> okay so it's gonna be pink. thank you paradise yeah. readers it's incredibly blonde. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a process,
2: you guys. So, uh,
0: yeah, Paradise Hills. I'm glad I'm glad you brought that one up because yes. that, that, that's one I'm really excited to, to check out. I've been trying to find find myself a screener for that one. Mackenzie, do you have another one to talk about? You kind of talked sure. about two, so do you, do you have one um, more to talk yeah, about? Yeah, I could talk
2: about um, To the Stars, uh, which is this really quiet, great um, film that I saw, which is it's entirely black and white. It's set in 1960s Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, and a film. it's supposed to feel like a movie that came from the 60s before it has this... Um, turn with this incredibly modern um, LGBT romance, mm-hmm. which I was very excited about. In it, mm-hmm. um, that there's this, but I, I won't. I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to ruin the film for anyone. Mm-hmm. But it's this movie um, about. It's actually starring the girl from Moonrise Kingdom. If you guys, mm-hmm. everyone loves that film. Absolutely. Um, the girl, the pink dress and the binoculars. I can't think of her name right now. She is now a grown woman, um, <laughs> playing this quiet teen whose life is shaken up when this new wild girl from the city um, moves to this quiet Oklahoma city, Oklahoma town. Um, It also stars Tony Hale playing an incredibly against character um, for the Buster Bluth or from Veep. uh, (laughs) He's um, this incredibly solemn kind of almost cruel man. Mm -hmm. um, And I thought he was incredible in it. Um, But it's just this very simple coming of age story Mm -hmm. um, that feels very, it, it was this uh, uh, female gaze that you don't get in the '60s mm-hmm. um, from the story um, that I just—I really responded to—and mm-hmm. um, I really would love to bring it first in Atopia. It's on my list.
1: All right. Yeah, that was what I really wanted to see, but I, I didn't get around to it. Um something I noticed at this year's Sundance was that a lot of the queer films were centered on women. Yeah. Uh, very this much is not so. Berlin, Every which I brought was, uh, up was the only one that centered more on queer men, yep. and I actually thought that was a really uh, cool thing to notice because I just I can't think of another time when that's been the case Yeah, that queer women have been the ones centered yeah, in this absolutely. way yeah uh, what was the name of that one again
2: that's to the stars to the
0: stars okay um, so another one for me. So uh, in previous episodes, I mean, I think last t- last episode I talked about Apollo Eleven. I talked about Blinded by the Light. Uh, so I'll we'll give. A, I won't. I won't discuss anymore about that. But another great documentary I saw um, was Knock Down the House. and, oh, me, me, yeah. and me and you, Mackenzie, we saw that one. Yeah. I
2: wept for half of it. Yeah, and, and that, that was great.
0: That was oh, you, oh so we we all saw yep. it. Oh, yep. perfect. Um, I I knew that I was going to like it um, just based on. The, the subject matter, I suppose, sure. but and
2: what's the subject matter?
0: Oh, oh sorry, it's a, 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 This is the documentary about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, and this follows her primary, her Democratic primary run when she was up against Joe
2: Crowley, and also three other women too. Yes, yes, who are yes. running? Yep. So it's kind of. Um, Kind of it's about this organization who uh their goal in uh the primaries was to find people who normally wouldn't be running for office they mm-hmm. want outside candidates mm-hmm. um so there's this incredibly powerful story about a woman whose um daughter's life was taken um through uh gun violence mm-hmm. and who was running based on um Fighting for common sense gun laws, so it's yeah. just like they, they, this organization finds people and encourages them and gives them the support to run mm-hmm. in their own communities.
0: Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, one of the elections was in Vegas. Yep. And I don't remember where the where the the other.
2: Uh, the other one was in the Appalachian. Well, there's one in the Appalachian Yeah, Mall, in Virginia. And, Virginia in in Virginia, or West, yeah, West Virginia, West Virginia, West Virginia, with the woman who was running because um, there was no regulation on the coal industry right, in their town, right. and people are dying. the mm-hmm. people. Her neighbors all have cancer, um, mm-hmm. and no one's standing up for their neighborhood, so they encouraged her to run.
0: What I found most pleasing about this, though, was how personal it was uh, totally. for the for the subject. I, w- I, I, I was expecting this to be, to be about the movement and to be about you. Know, yeah, just yeah, just that the the movement. But it was so much more personal to to all the subjects than I thought it was going to be. And yeah, like 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 you're like you, Mackenzie, very emotional. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's what made it so special.
1: Because yeah. Uh, yeah, my worry with these kind of movies a lot of the time is that they end up being somewhat dry, even yeah. if they're mm-hmm. important. Um, but when you have that that human element that it's just overflowing with, with yeah, real and raw emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what's going to connect and mm-hmm. and just you know not even put you on their side, like just but put you in their shoes and you just, you feel for these women because they're not uh, victims. They are just, they are fighting to yeah, make absolutely. change. Yeah. And they are like, they're all heroes. And, and, you know, I left just so moved by all their plights. Um And it's nice with, uh, you know, Orcasio-Cortez because, you know, you do have a success story thrown in. Um, and, and my God, is she just like such a, Magnetic presence. Yeah. People
2: were like applauding and whooping. The and <laughs> yeah, we we, we got a guest queen anything. pretty yeah. early on in the <laughs> yeah. screening. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I also walked out feeling I'm like I want to run for office. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, it yeah. was so and, inspiring. Like, and yeah. yeah, anyone yeah. can do this. Anyone mm-hmm. can wear the Spider-Man totally. mask. Yeah. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Spider Verse shout-out. And, uh, uh, and, shout out. and <laughs> as, as as I got, there's a Spider Verse there? <laughs> Anyone can wear the mask. It's, oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks for making me spell it out, Nick.
2: <laughs>
0: um, as I was watching it though, I, I especially like we we got to the to the conclusion, and I just realized that this is going to be an important documentary. Like this 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 capturing this moment in time is is we're gonna look back at this, and we're gonna put it in the same vein as like. Uh, the, the Robert Kennedy primary yeah. documentary primary.
2: Well, and they, and they have so much footage because, I mean, they started filming way before, um, you know, names are even submitted to mm-hmm. officially run. Mm-hmm. Um, like with Ocasio-Cortez, I feel like everyone on a wide scale, we all started hearing about her when she beat Crowley in the primary. That was yeah. like suddenly she was on Cobert the next day and she was on the fronts of magazines. Mm-hmm. That was in what, like April of last year? Um, and yeah. this really, um, this documentary really tracks like the year before that mm-hmm. of going door to door to get signatures yeah. and how they had to get like 10 times the number of signatures that you have to mm-hmm. get because they, because Joe Crowley ran the office that would be processing mm-hmm. the signature. So they knew that if there is absolutely anything wrong with any of them, they're getting, you know, struck from the list. So they're mm-hmm. like, great, we got to get like yeah, 10 times theme. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and you see all of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's important to note that because I feel like there was this almost assumption that I was following her from like just incredibly from kind of when she blew up. Yeah. But that's part of why this movie so special because it, it follows her for, they kind of lucked into where her narrative has now taken her. Yeah. And her mm-hmm. like
2: going door to door, you know, with flyers and no one, everyone's walking past her and no one talking to her. Mm-hmm. And then her going to like her bartending shift. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she'd like put down the flyers and be like, okay, cool, I'm gonna go yeah, you know, her mm-hmm. scooping ice in the basement yep, yep. of a bar. Um and no one wanting to talk to her on the street, which is so yeah. far from the case now. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and then yeah, the movie ends with her in Washington and she can't even walk down the <sighs> sidewalk without yeah. people yeah, running by her it. like, yeah. I love you. <laughs> 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 so it's fun to see that uh journey for her over, over like a year and a half.
1: Yeah. Uh so Tyler, do you got one more to talk about? Uh sure, sure. Um one of my other favorites was one called Animals. Mm. Um, which has Aaliyah Shawcat who's been in a number of things, uh like Arrested Development, Search Party, um, Oh yes. Yes maybe um and then <laughs> We're going back to the Blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and then a new actress, and this was actually potentially my favorite performance of Sundance, uh, by a woman named Holiday Granger, who was the lead. Uh so this movie Animals is about two women, uh both kind of cl- I think one is like thirty-two, one's twenty-nine in the film. Uh, and they're both just like crazy party animals that's why it's called animals but uh it's really about you know it's that moment when it's like when do you when you're just living your life in this kind of like barista type job and you have like somewhat creative aspirations on the side uh do you ever push that aside and kind of go for it like what is your own your personal feelings come into play when you're just partying when when does uh partying become actual substance abuse issues Mm -hmm. um so kind of touching on themes we talked earlier with the souvenir but equally impressive in a different way um, and I like that this movie was also at its core about uh, female friendship and specifically just this very codependent friendship that felt so real. You know, it was it, never just kind of like uh, the typical like, oh, I'm mad at you. And, but it was just it came from such like real dark places. And I, I didn't think this movie had like any uh, like easy solutions or fixes. Like it ended in a place with some kind of like hard won truce about um, where, where these women would be and where they'd be going. Um, but it's just another one I thought was incredibly realistic, but funny. And there was some real uh, bonkers, kind of not safe for work stuff I could yes. get into. Oh, that yeah. really, bonkers. I think, helps prove, like, you know, why, why it's called animals. But it's so just funny. And I I thought incredibly relatable. Uh, so, I feel like that whatever. could have come, come off my so story. much worse. Yeah.
2: Not safe for work. It's called animals. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, Jesus. Um, yeah, no, no. I really wanted to see that. So you're killing me now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, I don't know if it's gotten picked up by anybody yet, but it's. Really funny, and it's uh sent in. Oh, I forget if it's Ireland or Scotland, <laughs> but uh, one of the two, which gave it like a really nice flavor, too. That it was mm-hmm. a little bit different. Uh, Leah shotgun plays American still, but she's like an American who lives there, okay. Um, but yeah, I would definitely keep an eye out for that one. Animals, yeah, yes, I
0: will. Uh, and my last one one that another one I saw with Mackenzie, we are little zombies, yes. And this is one i, I I'll describe it as. Japanese Wes Anderson, like like the, the, at least the tone. Yeah. The tone that it was setting ahead. I mean, it's about these uh, four kids uh, who are who have been recently orphaned and they uh, start a band. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> and if, they're, they're, if you think... are like young kids, like 10 or little, they're 10 to 12 years old and, you know, just...
2: And well, and if you think uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim is a comic book novel, it's yeah, like, or a comic book movie, it's like crank that up. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's like a video game comic book.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, the like there's an eight bit eight bit score that started <laughs> I say, at the video beginning. Game is
1: important to because it's not even like video game reference. It is like using the language and the yeah. sound of video games in a very explicit way. Like I thought the first yeah. scene
2: was just gonna have an eight bit score, and then mm-hmm. I was like, wait, no, this entire that's, movie has yeah, an that's, eight that's, bit score. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah,
0: and uh, it was uh, the director, the writer director also wrote the music to it yeah and, uh, and
2: uh, um i had so much fun watching i i, I, I kind
0: of don't even want to talk that much about it yeah. just because there, there, there's so much there's so, there, there is quite a bit of shock value to it it's just and uh it's very colorful yeah it's, if you like uh, wes anderson if you like scott Pilgrim, yeah you it's, like it's very movie. dry it's uh that's just that's yeah really there's a-, a
1: lot it's one of those kitchen sink movies he throws a lot at <laughs> yeah. the wall and <laughs> enough of it sticks i i saw it too. i don't know if i loved it quite as much but i really really uh-huh. liked it and i think it was so interesting and like just bold and uh you know when you say you could add hyper in front of any adjective <laughs> to describe <laughs> this movie but i think that's such a positive about well, it
2: and i saw nothing else like it being yeah,
1: yeah yeah possible. I, I think mm-hmm.
0: yeah definitely definitely
1: yeah.
2: Or really in the past year or two that I can't even <laughs> remotely think of. Yeah,
1: I mean, so uh, Kim, I think it's her name, Kim Yutani, the head programmer of uh, Sundance this year. Yes. Uh, she was there to personally introduce oh, the film. Oh, cool. And you could just tell she was so passionate about this one. And yeah. it seemed to be one of her real passion projects to bring this film specifically to Sundance, which I think speaks to part of its value uh, mm-hmm. of just being something kind of singular and, and unique. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah, We Are Little Zombies. Keep a lookout for it. Yeah, I'm trying not to sing that song right now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It has musical elements, too, for those interested.
0: So before we uh, – what do you guys have anything else you'd like to add before before we wrap up this discussion here?
1: um no i'm shocked none yeah. of us brought up the the farewell but oh man. yeah i left it out would. for that yeah reason. i mean yeah. I,
0: I we we made we talked a little bit about it on the last episode oh, okay so I, I, oh, was, I was i was going to talk about it but i didn't sure uh but no yeah that, yeah. Uh, that was definitely one of the my the favorites mm-hmm. uh that i saw at sundance yeah yeah me too yeah, yeah.
2: me too aquafine is a star
0: she is yeah i'm so i'm so excited totally. so excited for her um yeah, so before we wrap things up, uh, we're going to get to our movie magic moments of the week. And this is where we talk about something we've seen recently that uh, we can recommend to you. And as we say, reminding us why we love movies. Uh, Mackenzie, what do you got?
2: Um, what, it's in the last week. I saw, um, over last weekend, I saw the Lego Movie 2. Oh, yeah. Um, which I am, I've only ever seen the first one. I didn't see the... All of the the Batman or the 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 Ninjago. ninjago. Yeah. 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 Um, So I, because I've heard that there's like burnout now. And I, so I don't have that burnout because I've only seen the first one and I thought it was Mm -hmm. delightful. And I thought this one was absolutely delightful. Really? Oh, I'm excited. I loved it. I thought it was clever. I thought it was um, hilarious. I thought it has so much heart. Um, there's just a really fun stunt cast for the mom. You've seen Will Ferrell plays the dad. Yeah. Um. I have in any of the trailers or anything. I haven't seen who plays the mom, and I think that's great because oh, the audience was like, "Oh yeah!" As soon as she <laughs> walked in. Um. But yeah, and I. I mean, I some. I. I just think those movies are a great time.
0: Yeah. No. It, I, I, those movies are special because, uh, like because companies are so. Dedicated or to, to their properties these days. It's yeah. like the, I, your, your IP is like is yours and no one else can touch it anymore. Like Roger Rabbit couldn't be made today just based on, you know, Disney and Looney Tunes getting together like that. Just that doesn't happen anymore. So for the Lego movie is so nice and it's so successful because like the, all these properties are belong to Lego. So like, yeah. they able to put Han Solo well, and Batman together. And the really fun,
2: well, there's some really fun, I will say this one piece of casting, which I thought was great because, um, you know, they have all of the DCs um, DC gang, uh, the Justice yeah. League girl in there, uh-huh. um, and it's not played by the Justice League actors. Um, you know, oh, Jonah, really? yeah, like Jonah Hill's Green Lantern. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, and tan- Ch- Channing, Channing Tatum, Tatum is Superman. Is Superman. Right? Yeah. But then Jason Momoa plays Aquaman, <laughs> and anytime he talked in the movie, I was like, I swear to God, that's just Jason Momoa. Like, that's not someone other than the credits. It was like Aquaman, Jason Momoa. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how much that uh, Lego had to pay for that, yeah. but I thought that was really fun to just be like, okay. <laughs> Moa loves doing his character so much. And he's like, y'all come in and yell a bit. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was really fun.
1: Like a movie, too. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Tyler, uh, what have you got? Uh, So I saw the documentary Oscar shorts a few days ago. Oh, yeah. uh, And I'll specifically talk about what they were all good. Mm -hmm. uh, Definitely worth seeing. But there's one that is actually on Netflix right now. uh, And it was my favorite of the bunch. So I'm going to say watch that if you don't have access to seeing all the shorts. It was mm-hmm. called Endgame. Okay. Uh, it's about essentially just various people towards the end of their life, um, mm-hmm. it, whether they're in hospice care, whether they're in a hospital, going through chemotherapy, um, various kind of ways of being at the end of your life, um, which might sound heavy. Um, but I thought it was one of the most like beautiful things I've ever seen. It really uh, – I so I came away – from that, that film. It's been about 30, 40 minutes. Um, something I've always struggled with somewhat personally is like how people, as they go on in life, get to a place where they just choose wanting to die, essentially, just okay. yeah. kind of a big thing to say. Yeah. But this movie really helped me get to a place where I more understood... Wanting to be in a place of comfort as you get to the end of your life and what that can mean and do for you spiritually and personally, mm-hmm. um, which I think is kind of a profound thing for a, a yeah. movie to do. And uh, I just it, but it's also not like too. It, it kind of has these heavy themes, but there's like a lightness and a beauty to it because mm-hmm. uh, the movie is so focused on these things and different little rituals and ways of and just kindness too. Mm-hmm. How how much kindness can play into. You know, Paddington Bear's Impact. Just like be, oh. be nice to people, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I just I thought it was a really beautiful story. And uh that that's gonna be my pick come uh, okay. you know, whatever, it's February twenty second <laughs> to win the Oscar.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Not that you'll see it on T V.
1: Oh, is that the one <laughs> that got announced? Oh really? Or no, I it'll think be it's announced the, in a commercial.
2: No, oh, it's
0: it's the editing and the cin- cinematography. No,
2: it's the documentary shorts. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, so mine, um, my movie magic moment. Well, the past two weeks, I've really only been watching stuff for Cinetopia screeners that people that aren't accessible to to the regular to the public right now. So I'm gonna go back a few weeks, and I uh, on the trip to, uh, the trip to Sundance on the plane, I watched the new Flight of the Concord special, and the the new HBO special Live in London, and that. I appre- I, f- I forgot how much I appreciate those guys, and they've come a long way since they were just two guys with a guitar singing funny, funny songs. Now I mean, like they they had a cellist on stage with them. And um, and Brett, he's 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 on bongos now, and he's playing like the xylophone and everything. They just they really went for it. in And I mean, special. he's an Oscar winner now. No, so. yeah, and yeah. And of course, yeah. He he's been writing he's been writing uh, film scores since they since they were were last really popular, like that ten years ago. Now is yeah. when I feel like they first entered my radar. I know that you got a story about them. Well, right? I
2: was just gonna say they were yeah, because I told you this, and you told me you watched it that they yeah. were the first time I ever went to the Michigan Theater. Yeah, I was. In High School in Brighton High School Mm -hmm. go Bulldogs, (laughs) Bulldogs, <laughs> um, and yeah, on Mother's Day I t- they were playing at the Michigan Theater, so yeah. I took my mom to see them live. It was and right you- after season one had aired on HBO.
0: <laughs> and you met them in the alley. I yeah, on that. Washington, yeah, we took yeah.
2: a wrong turn. They were just hanging out. We waited in the painted alley for like an hour, and um, they didn't come out. And finally, some like probably a front of house <laughs> manager came out and was like, "No one's coming out, guys." <laughs> and then um, on the on the Liberty Square parking structure, uh-huh. they were just hanging out outside, uh-huh. and Brett had me hold his crazins while he signed people's <laughs> stuff. It was awesome. Awesome. oh my god But was I, 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 was,
0: I was just reminded how much I love these guys because just how silly they are just like they're, they're in a particular camp of comedy where it's just it's nonsense it's silly you don't have to it's not they're not they're not taking a bite out of anything that's not anything that's satirical it's just silly. And it, to me, that that was just such a, a, a refreshing view of comedy to watch. Something that isn't uh, that I'm not cringing watching. That I'm not doesn't necessarily have my mind thinking of deeper meanings or how meta they're getting. They're just there to sing sing funny I don't songs. Know, I'll and be the silly. racist
2: dragon. Solved racism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Suddenly he wasn't racist anymore. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, of the the new flight of the Concord special. You can watch it if you have HBO streaming. I guess you can watch it or on your next Delta flight. Watch <laughs> it, watch, check it out. Uh, so that's about uh, wraps up uh, all the time we have. Uh, thank you both for for being back on the Thanks podcast. Having nice me. having yeah. you. Thank you again to the Ann Arbor District Library for letting us take up their space. Check out their website aadl.org. Um, you can uh, please send us your emails, btmpod at gmail.com. Send me your questions, your movie magic moments, or anything else that you want to say. Of course, find us on social medias uh, State Theater, A2, and the Michigan Theater. Um, I believe that's all the plugs I got. We're going to be back in your feed in a couple weeks. Thank you for joining us behind the marquee.